Welcome to another episode of the POV Podcast. I'm Ed and I'm here with my co-host, Jason. How are you tonight, Hello Jason? I, I, I'm good. Good as always. Uh, getting ready for the kind of the festive period. But yes, I'm yeah. splendid. I am suitably skint now. <laughs> all spent on good things, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, and still going to the cinema and still spending money, ridiculous oh, yes. money on films that it's been pretty good to be fair ah excellent so speaking of going to the cinema and films what have you been to see well uh, I kind of got around to watching Knives Out uh, ah. the new film by uh, Ryan Johnson who um, just uh, previously directed the last Jedi film the uh, third best Star Wars film uh, I recently watched the uh, last Jedi again um, since last watching it in the cinema a couple of years ago and I, I, I love The Last Jedi. I think, I, think, uh, I think it's a great film. Yeah, like, I, I, when I first watched it, I understood, I understood kind of the criticisms of it. And then I was like, do you, know, do you know what? You're wrong. All those bitter Star Wars fans, they're wrong. Do you know what I liked so. about it, Jason? It did something new. It wasn't just rehashing A New Hope. Yeah, I, I completely agree. They, they complained because Force Awakens was the same as New Hope. And then they complained it was too different. Uh, Last Jedi was too different from everything else. So you can't really win. Yes, um, I also think it's the nicest filmed Star Wars. And oh yeah, so the, that the, really the shows of... in Knives Out. Oh yeah, so so we go back to Knives Out. We kind of diverted there, but yeah, kind of a... when I when I first saw the trailer, I kind of looked at the cast and I thought that was that's that's got to be an amazing film. It kind of has uh, kind of Chris Evans, Michael Shannon. Uh, Christopher Plummer, Daniel uh, Craig, uh, Don Johnson. Daniel, uh, completely forgot about Daniel Craig. Sweet beans, uh, s- sweet beans. Uh, I think that should be our episode title. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect foul, foul play. play. The <laughs> game is afoot, sir. <laughs> and so yeah, we we kind of came into it, kind of went into it. It's like oh, it's gonna be a kind of a, a good little kind of mystery who done it. But kind of by the end of it. Um, it may be my favourite film of the year. I was I came out to saying this to my brother. It was one of the most enjoyable cinematic experiences I've had this year. Just because I normally hate it when people talk through during films, but this yeah. one was fun because you could hear everyone in the cinema trying to figure it out. <laughs> so there was two guys behind, like me, my mum, my dad, and my brother, who were just having the time of their life, just trying to work it out. And I was like, I'll allow this for now. <laughs> Well, kind of uh, when I was speaking to my other half, Carla, she kind of, I was going, oh, it's 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 him, it's oh, it's her, it's it. Oh, and then like by the end of it, my just mind just kind of exploded. I was like, I yeah, I'm know. not going to say anything about the film because I think you should yeah. just go into it knowing absolutely nothing whatsoever. Yeah, complete, completely, completely agree. But it's it's kind of it's so well done. Um, it's kind of it is a good kind of who done it, but kind of the cast are kind of fantastic. Um, they kind of they they ham it up but they hammer up so well. It kind of works with the tone of the film. And if you've seen uh, Ryan Johnson's other films, Looper and Brick, they're just... He's very consistent in, in his quality. He is. And he's also done a few episodes of Breaking Bad as well. Yes. Most notably the episode Ozymandias, which is regarded yeah. as the best episode of Breaking Bad. Ah. Did he, do, did he do The Fly as well? He did. Or... And I that episode is in my top 10 episodes of Breaking Bad. It is a kind of a good standalone kind of episode. Um, 
and yeah, he, he is becoming kind of one of my favorite directors just because consistently he's kind of hit it out of he, the park. And kind of, if you kind of look at all all four of his films, there's kind of there's a massive difference between kind of. Uh, yeah, none of them films. are the same, are they? No, you, you you cannot put kind of Brick Looper, Star Wars, and Knives Out in the kind of the same category because. Maybe with Luke and Star Wars, a sci-fi, but no, this is completely different. So yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite sort of like newer directors around. I think him and uh, Denis Villeneuve. Vu, yes. I don't know how you actually pronounce that surname. Yeah, uh, yeah, are both at the top of the game at the moment, and I think Denis Villeneuve has actually just been given the title of filmmaker of the decade. Oh well, you can look at his. Although looking at his films. films, they have all been amazing. So I think yeah. Prisoners, Arrival, and Blade Runner two, most notably. I got June coming out. Uh, kind of, is it next year or is it twenty 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 one? A huge ensemble Which... cast in that as well. So I'm looking forward oh, to see that. If if they if they kind of let him be free, it'll be fantastic. So um, I would I would kind of totally recommend Knives Out to kind of everyone that I've seen. To be fair, just uh, yeah, I was just, saying it's... it's a perfect film. There is nothing wrong with it. No, and you know, I think the only downside kind of... is Daniel Craig's accent, but I think it's that bad on purpose. Do you know what? I at the start of the film, me and Carlo kind of said like, "Oh, the, his accent was kind of a bit annoying." But by kind of half halfway through, I, I kind of loved it. I kind of loved. Oh yeah. Kind of, it was because you could see he was having fun with it. Oh yeah. Old, uh, and it's I've not seen Daniel Craig have fun in a film ever. Yeah, he's 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 very Harrison Ford, Bruce Willis kind of turns up to the film, grumbles uh, and kind of. Leaves. I'd go as far to say it's his best film role he's been in. Same with Chris Evans as well. Yes. Just because it was yeah, refreshing to see Chris Evans play an absolute arsehole. <laughs> yeah, he's not Captain America. It's uh, <laughs> and I, Michael Shannon is is kind of one of my favourite kind of actors, just because I don't know, I just love his kind of voice and his his anger. Um, so it was, it was nice to see Michael Shannon again. Kind of the best thing about Man of Steel. Uh, yeah. And it also had uh, the 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 kid from It. I can't remember yeah. his name. I can't remember. He plays a. Uh... Is he the Jewish kid in it? Uh, no, he's no, he's the he's the main kid, uh, Georgie's brother, which I can't remember his name now. Is it? Yes, Will? he is. is that... Yeah, I can't. Uh, Bill. <laughs> Bill, that's it. The one who. Um, he's also in Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Is he? He plays a young Peter Quill. Ah, uh, oh yes, he does. Ah, oh, well, it's a small world, and there's. Uh... Also features the main girl from Thirteen Reasons Why, which I cannot. Catherine remember. Langford, that's the one. So, because I can't remember kind of... the kid's name in a no, I was out, but it was so perfectly put when Daniel Craig describes him as the naughty boy masturbating in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> or Benoit Benoit Blanc. <laughs> the names were great. Oh, it was it was kind of it was so kind of like tongue in cheek but kind of well done and there's there's kind of elements of seriousness yeah there was bits where of... i was like actually felt quite sad watching it and then literally seconds later i was oh, just it's, absolutely it's, like in tears laughing it kind of hits the tone so well and it, and again it's visually it's great as well um kind of kind of the first half an hour was kind of like ah uh, okay we know what this is but it kind of as it, as the film came on uh, kind of progressed it kind of just it said just blew up, blew our mind, and it's everyone that I I know who have, has kind of watched it kind of loves it. And yeah, I want to go and see it again. Yeah, just because with it being a Ryan Johnson film, you'll notice something different every time you see it. 
yeah, it's it's definitely a film that you have to see more than once. It's uh, yeah. He also wants to do a trilogy of Benoit Blanc. I I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Um, give, I, I would give him money to do that. Because... I would just give him a a blank check. <laughs> yes, uh, a Ben a Benoit Blanc. Ah, <laughs> I feel we should start calling them that now. Yes. <laughs> I just love the cigars yeah. he smoked as well. They were obnoxiously large. Yes, uh, very much so. And uh, and throughout the whole kind of couple of weeks, I've been saying kind of, I suspect foul play. <laughs> the, a few days after I saw the film, I was talking like that to my brother at every moment I got. Well, it's like, oh, a, a colour would go like, oh, who's left a seat up? Ah, suspect, suspect foul, foul play. play. <laughs> I think we should talk like this all weekend. Absolutely. <laughs> Who drank my drink in Potwell? Ah, foul play. So <laughs> you can't smoke a cigar in. <laughs> then I suspect foul play. So yeah, there's definitely kind of going to be up there, kind of for my favourite films of this year, and maybe this decade. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we'll have to do a, a roundup, I think, in a future yes. podcast. But um, yes. I think we should move on to our topic of discussion today. Yup. Which is good films you can only watch once. Yes. Which there are many of. And I've I've guilty of buying some films on DVD where I've watched once and I've never thought, oh I need to watch that again. Yeah, and there's there's kind of many reasons why you'd only watch a film once. Uh yeah, because I was thinking about it, like just trying to this list has been going through my mind for like the last few hours now. It's been changing and stuff. Um I was thinking of putting Logan in. Yeah. But I have seen that film more than once. But it's like one of those, I bought it on Blu-ray and I've never watched it since I've got it just because of how soul-crushingly depressing it is. Well, I, I remember because you watched it uh, without me in the cinema and on the same day I, I went to go. I was like, Ed, do you want to go again? It's like, no, I was like, no. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you just look like a broken shell of a man. It was... Uh, I just came back. I went to the cinema thinking X Men, and when I came back, I was like, "Oh, I need to have a strong drink after watching that." And it's kind of the films we mentioned are, are not necessarily kind of bad films by any oh, stretch. No. It's just, it's just they're, they're kind of so impactful that it's quite it's quite a task to watch them again. Yeah. So, do you have any honourable mentions before we get in? This, Logan's so, probably one of mine. Probably uh, there's, there's there's a film called. Uh, Elephant. It's a Gus Van Sant film. I, I kind of watched a, f- a few years ago, um, and it's uh, kind of a it's kind of a mock documentary. Actually, not, probably not documentary, but kind of it, it kind of gives you like a kind of a, a camera kind of goes through a school, and it kind of it's kind of quite mundane, um, but then it kind of focuses on on these two students. Um, kind of long story short, these these students end up to be kind of uh, school shooters it's kind of a, a replaying of oh. uh, the Columbine uh, shooting uh, and it's it's quite slow it's quite methodical and not much happens for like an hour and a half and then because kind of the, the, the camera kind of goes around the school keeps going around the school and then it kind of follows uh, the, the school shooters basically go to room to room to start shooting and it's and it, but the camera kind of never stops moving it's quite mundane and it is quite a powerful film 
but after like an hour and a half of like uh, a school shooting, I kind of was just a bit kind of done. It was just yeah, it's just kind of it, it, it takes a lot out of you, and then, that was the whole point of the film. Uh, but it's not really a one you can kind of go, oh, let's watch this again for. I don't know. It's I said it's kind of a I said a very impactful film, but uh, it's not really kind of one film that kind of stick on a Friday night or eating the takeaways. It's, uh, uh, again, I recommend to watch it once because it's quite a weird kind of uh, experience. But I, I, I don't really feel the need to go back and watch that again. To be fair, yeah. I, well, my. Honourable mention is one that I went and bought on a Friday night at uni to eat whilst having a takeaway. Because I'd just done a, I'd handed in an essay. I was like, I'll go and treat myself. I'll buy a film I've never seen before. And I bought yeah. Schindler's List. Ah, well, I'll be talking about that in, in the exercise on my uh-huh. list. Well, the, the irony. <laughs> I bought, well, I, I thoroughly enjoy Spielberg films. Yeah. Uh, this one I had to watch in two bits just because of how long it was. Yeah, and just so I could sort of like get myself together a bit, just because I'd sort of known, I, you know how it's going to end, because it's been referenced yeah. on so many uh, TV shows like over the years, and uh, yeah. oh goddamn, <laughs> it was just so sad. I said it's it's kind of a, a very long, powerful film that has doesn't really have a, a moment of kind of upliftness. It's just all downbeat. Yes, there's there's one or two moments where like you know, humanity isn't that bad, but kind of generally you just kind of you could just kind of beaten down to uh, yeah. the ground. It's... Yeah, exactly, and then uh, not really much left to say about it. It's just soul crushingly sad, but an incredible film. It's not one that's a good. It's not enjoyable, but you're aware you've seen a good film at the end of it. Much like yeah. uh, I've got two other films on my honourable mentions is The Revenant. Yep. Like, incredibly well made, but it's just yeah. like, it's a bit of a trek to go through. And then my other honourable mention is Eraserhead. <laughs> I knew a David Lynch film would pop up. Uh-huh. Like, oh, Which, uh, again, is another film I absolutely love. And I want it on DVD, but there is literally never time, there's never going to be a time where it's like, hey, let's watch Eraserhead, everyone. Yeah, I, I don't know how long I'm going to sell, sell it to people. It's like, oh, what's the film about? I'm like, mm, Fatherhood. I, I, I didn't, I don't know. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't give you like a. There's a, a woman hook. with big cheeks in it. Yeah, is it dancing chicken. Yeah, some start chicken dancing. starts moving. And some weird fetus that screams. Yes, that's ah oh, yeah. Let's definitely watch that while we eat our, our takeaway on a Friday night. Um, yeah, two fair David Lynch films could kind of be in its own bracket of films you can only really watch once. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Enjoyable. Um, well, maybe not enjoyable, but kind of impactful. Some, some I remember Eraserhead. We watched the night after Halloween at uni, and everyone yeah. was hungover, and it was just like, I can't believe I'm actually choose, watching yeah. this. <laughs> I want Lord of I... the Rings on for my hangover film. God <laughs> damn it! Get me Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Get and me pictures a... of Spider-Man. <laughs> I suspect foul. Well, please. So anyway, um, do you have any more honourable mentions before we get on to? The list. No, no, I, I, I did have one, but because you've knocked out Shinder's list, I'll just insert that into my list. I'll make it oh, easier. Okay. Well, <laughs> do you want to uh, start, get the ball rolling? So, number three on my list is The Blair Witch Project. Ah. So, it's a found footage film, kind of very pioneering. Um, but 
if you watch it, yeah, not much happens for the first hour and a half. And to be fair, in the, the kind of the, the final ten minutes, not much happens at the end of that. It's kind of it builds on kind of suspense of you. Know, oh, is it what's going to happen? Is anything going to jump out? So when you watch it, the once you're always on kind of that kind of uh, on the edge of your seat. It's like oh, something could be there, something could be there. But after you watch it, you kind of realise not really much happens. There's there's really no point of watching it a second time because you know it's just. Uh, three people walking in the woods, looking at trees. Um, so the the, the the final ten minutes is a bit kind of scary, but nothing kind of spoiler alert. Nothing kind of really jumps out, or kind of nothing's that scary. But kind of the, the whole point of the film is that it, it's it's scary because you kind of you're waiting for something to happen, but when you find out nothing happens, it kind of you don't need to watch it again. See, I I've, I've watched it for the first time this year, The Blair Witch Project. So I actually yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it, but again, you, there's kind of not, no point of watching it a second yeah, time. Yeah, it's once you've, it's like with most horror films, you only really have to see them once. But yeah. what I loved about Blair Witch was the use of sound. Was it? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. But I felt the scariest moments were when you couldn't see anything. So, like, you know, when it was just dark in the tent and then you could hear, like, people walking around? Yeah. And that's um, where the film was at its strongest. And that is, I liked the sort of tension it built up where when you were just expecting something to happen, it just never did. And I think that's one of the stronger points of horror is when it does that, where it builds up and builds up, and then you're actually scared of something happening, then it never does. Yeah, and you can t- tell it was it was successful because if Blair Witch wasn't successful, we wouldn't have the string of paranormal activities or kind of you, you kind of your, your Rex and other kind of found footage films that kind of followed it. Um, but yeah, it, it's an, an absolute kind of horror classic. But one, you don't have to watch twice because the kind of first time is the most impactful um, because it said you are kind of waiting for something to happen. And that's where kind of the fear, kind of the use of sound and the use of kind of uh, darkness and the, the, the kind of found footage genre of kind of your view being obstructed. Whereas in traditional film, you'd have different kind of camera angles, but you have the one in Blair Witch Project. But yeah, so kind of if you try and watch it a second time, it's it's not as impactful as the, um, the first. So there's my kind of film you can only yeah. watch once. A very good start. Uh, so mine is a German film from 1997. Uh, probably I would class this as a horror, maybe psychological <laughs> horror. Uh, funny games. Yeah. Ah, yes. Which we watched in third year of uni. I want to say. Yeah, well, yes, we did. Because um, we watched. Do we, we watch? Do we watch both? Because there's an no, American. No, no, no. We watched Spoolus and The Spoolus. Vanishing, which is what we watched uh, the foreign version of and the American version. But anyway, funny games. Yes. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, is about a German family who go away to a holiday home for the weekend, and they yeah. met with and some people to come and invade the home and just make them do games. And if they get it wrong, the re- results in them dying. Yeah, uh, and it's an incredible film. I thought it was really impactful. It's like one of those films where it it stays in your mind for a long time. Yeah, uh, uh, it's just it doesn't hold back as well. I think there is a scene where like a child does get shot. Oh yeah, I forgot, uh, I forgot about that. Jeez, it's really weird. And what I liked about it is it, this film it breaks the fourth wall, where uh, something goes horribly wrong in their funny game. And they get the TV yeah. remote in the room and rewind it and they start talking to the audience. So it, what I like about it, it makes you implicit in what's going on. Yeah. 
So. Uh, it's just such an uncomfortable film, and the way they kill the character in it is horrible. And that, and I think that's what stuck with me the most, because normally in like horror films, it's like they're killed by a ghost, or they fall into a trap in Saw, and they're just ripped apart. And it's, it's kind of funny, but this one, it's like actual it, stuff that could actually happen, where this woman just gets her hands tied behind her back, and she's just thrown into a lake. Yeah. Uh, I was like, and it's just watching it throughout the whole film. It's just this sense of foreboding. You know how it's going to end. I probably yeah. should say spoiler alert. Yes, yeah, spo- yeah, spo- spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> but um, no, it was just—I just thought it was an amazing film. But like again, like I said, it's one I don't want to watch again because I, I remember it so well and so vividly. Yeah. I don't feel like I have to, but it's like one of those ones where I would recommend it to people, but I'd want to see their reaction after the film rather than watch it with them. Yeah, it's 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 not an easy watch. To be fair. Um, and there is kind of a, there's a bit of a, a reveal at the end, uh, but it is quite a kind of a, a, a powerful film. It's kind of, you feel a bit kind of dirty watching because I said you're, you're quite implicit with the, uh, the actions of the home invaders. And... Yeah, it's, it's and yeah. to be fair, you, you can technically watch it uh, twice because there there is a remake of Funny Games because. Uh, I can't remember the, the the American version. Has I a couple of... believe Naomi Watts and Tim Roth are in it. Yes, yeah. Because I remember a uh, friend of mine saying, "Oh, have you seen Funny Games?" I was like, "Yeah." I was just it's one it's like one of my favorite foreign films. If I was to put a list, and he was like, "Well, it's not foreign because it's American." I was like, "Ah, <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah." But yeah, but it's a. I, I completely agree with you. It's not really a film I could watch a second time just because of how kind of. They said how you feel implicit, how are you um, quite a powerful kind of the, the killers lack kind of morality or kind of uh, yeah, and then motive, really. it's just like they could easily just go to other houses and just do it again. And I think that's what is implied and stuff like that is that they've just gone around this neighborhood just having funny games. But I would like to have a funny game where I just lock people in a room to watch it just to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very funny game. As I suspect, foul play. <laughs> <laughs> the funny game is a foot, <laughs> which uh, can lead to my second uh, kind of film on the list of films you should only see once. And this is kind of uh, I'm going to say a heavily underrated film. It's uh, Buried, uh, featuring R- Ryan Reynolds stuck in a box for an hour and a half, living in a box, um, living, living in a box, in a cardboard box. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. So it's about this uh, truck driver um, in the mid- uh, who's kind of he drives in the Middle East. And he wakes up uh, buried alive, which kind of for a lot of people is kind of uh, kind of a, a big fear. So it kind of centers on that, and it's kind of the whole film is kind of filmed inside this kind of small box. And it kind of creates this weird and unique experience of being kind of claustrophobic for so for an hour and a half. You know, all he's got to light. Uh, his surroundings is a small lighter, so it kind of it starts to dim as the film kind of progresses. He's he's got kind of an, an hour left on an hour battery left on the on the kind of on a phone that's left in, inside the box. And it's basically him trying to uh, f- find a way to sc- to escape the box. So he's got to call people. He's got to call um, his these kind of his kidnappers and his kind of wife and kind of the FBI. And it's it's 
again, it's it's a it's a brilliant film, but kind of for an hour and a half, you kind of you feel quite trapped. You you know, it's got very tight camera angles, and it's, it gets dark, and you kind of feel like you're in the box with Ryan Reynolds, which uh, some people would like. Um, oh. <laughs> but it's again, it's, it's a very kind of very claustrophobic experience, and again, it's a, a fantastic film that kind of flew under the radar, kind of in the mid two thousands, but um it's just it's quite a powerful impactful film it's um, only that. it's not a long film either because i've i've watched it but i watched it on youtube yeah oh wow yeah so um, it's, 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 it's not a long film no but it's like i think it's done in real time isn't it yeah yeah but, but blue tide I, I, I don't i don't want to watch it again to find out to be fair um so yeah it's, it's again it's, it's quite a, a short film but it kind of because it you're kind of in this one setting it does feel much longer and by the end of it, I I just kind of I needed to go outside and to have like some fresh air because yeah, because I felt like I remember watching it and I remember like subconsciously holding my breath during it. It's it is very strange and there's there's a lot of a lot of tight and kind of close up angles and you can say that kind of Ryan Reynolds is kind of just dirty and kind of constantly breathing. Um, I know, but by, by the end of the filming, he kind of had like bald spots on the back of his head because wow. Where, where he was like led down for long long periods of time so it's again it's a it's a, it's a brilliant film and i kind of recommend to watch it but uh, i i don't see me going back to it j- just because by the end of it I, I felt like i was the one buried alive and for, for, for some people that's kind of their biggest fear yeah what um, i liked about it because at the time ryan reynolds was in this this influx of crappy rom-coms wasn't he yeah and uh, it showed him that he could do a serious film as well, and yeah. I quite like that side of Ryan Reynolds. And then, and then he did the, the Green Lantern, and it went down the hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Taika Waititi's in that film. What the Green Lantern? Yeah, he plays his best mate. Wow, wow. I've I've not actually watched the film. To be fair, I've, I just... it is not good. This is, I saw the trailer; that was enough. But yeah, I don't recommend Buried. It was. Uh brilliant film it's just it's very hard to kind of watch for a second time well then I'm just going to move on to mine now yeah Uh, mine has Robert De Niro in Uh, Russian Roulette Uh, okay yeah okay (laughs) and mine is The Deer Hunter which I bought last year I had some Christmas money I was like oh I've not been to HMV to do the uh Five for thirty pounds for a while. Oh, so yeah. I went there and I was like, "I'm again going to buy all films I've never seen before." And I thought, "Oh, the Deer Hunter is a classic. I'll enjoy that." And good <laughs> God, it was depressing, <laughs> but also incredible. And it's uh, you don't really get. I feel like the Vietnam the Vietnam War films are sort of like shoved down the pecking order in place of World War Two films. Yeah, and I would say to, to, to an extent. This is quite a pivotal, pivotal uh, Vietnam because it's set after Vietnam and it's about coming home from Vietnam. How would you try and like fit back into society after seeing like all these horrendous things? Yeah, and uh, it's the duration of the film as well is a marathon. I think it's, I think it's more than three hours as well. Yeah, and it's just so bleak. There's nothing like we said with um. Some films that can be good that are like this can have some re- like moments where it's just like, oh, that bit was all right. Like funny wise, there was just none of it in this, and I get why there is none of that. But 
I feel like it was a film I needed to watch in two bits, so I should have watched it an hour and a half and just gone and had a break and then watched the rest of it. And it's just so unbelievably sad. Because it starts, it starts off before the war as well. It's just like, we're going to go on a war. And it's all like happy yeah. and merry. And then it's like they get back and they're just, you know, just straight up yeah. depressed. Yeah, well, you, you kind of you get that with a lot of kind of Vietnam wars, kind of especially kind of the mid eighties. You you kind of you look towards World War Two films, a lot of kind of patriotic glory, and we're gonna yeah. win, we're gonna win. Um, but you go to Vietnam films, and you kind of cycle through a few, and they're not the most uplifting. No, not at all. And I think it's films. I think it's because like the American World War Two films, it was a war that America took part in that that they won. Yeah. So I don't think you can you can't really connects the Vietnam War with like that sort of like over the top patriotism that some World War Two films have. Yeah, exactly. Kind of the, the first ever tele- televised war, the Vietnam War, when, when it's transferred to kind of the the, the, the big screen. Uh, kind of you look at uh, Pl- Platoon, Apocalypse Now, um, Hamburger Hill, even Full Metal Jacket. Kind of it kind of centers on that kind of you know. War is bad, which which to be fair it is, yeah. um, and especially kind of what Deer Hunter centers on is kind of how the veterans are kind of treated afterwards. It's kind of how how do you get from the jungles of Vietnam to kind of just going back and trying to integrate yourself back into that the, integrate society, back so into it, your normal life. And I'd say it's an important film, and it's one everyone should watch once. Yeah, yeah, just the once because. Uh, it's, like I said, it's one of those films that you will have seen referenced in loads of stuff. Like, there's a famous scene at the end with the Russian roulette uh, game. Yeah. And that bit is just absolutely heartbreaking. And all the actors in it are great. It's got Christopher Walken and Robert De Niro, so you can't really go uh, wrong in that. And there's a young Meryl Streep as well. So it's it's a uh, acting game is incredible as well. Yeah. Again, the, 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 these films we've mentioned are brilliant films, but they're kind of they they are hard to watch a second time. So yeah, I think what I went into the uh, Deer Hunter with, I was expecting there to, there to be more Vietnam War. Yeah, and I think there's literally just ten minutes of it. They're in a three-hour film. Yeah, so um, I, I naively bought it thinking it was going to be like an action film. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not uh, not really not really. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, like I said, incredible film. Incredible film, uh, another classic. But uh, again, you, you're not you're not kind of watching it on a Friday night with kind of a, a Chinese takeaway. So, um, which kind of brings me to my number one film. Uh, you can only watch once, and that's Requiem for a Dream. Oh my! <laughs> I've only seen <laughs> bits of this film, and it made me sad watching it. See, so this is a Darren Aronofsky uh, directed film, kind of one of his earlier films um, with uh, Jared Leto. Your favourite. Con- <laughs> my favourite. Uh, and uh, Jennifer Connelly and uh, one of the Wayans brothers, but I can't remember which one it is. Uh, and it's basically uh, kind of three stories that kind of intertwine of, and they all kind of become addicted to drugs uh, and also one of the characters' mums as well kind of becomes addicted to pres- prescription drugs. And it's just a two-hour film that kind of just breaks you down 
kind of there's no uplifting moment. Um, you just see all three three of these people kind of become kind of controlled by drugs, and how that their kind of characters deteriorate from these fully functioning human beings in society, and just kind of how they crumble to kind of the worst of the worst. And by the end, you're just kind of broken down. Um, the visuals is kind of gritty, they're kind of dirty, uh, it's quite harsh editing, and it's not an experience that I would say it's far from enjoyable. Uh, it's just so kind of soul-destroying. And but as I said, by the end, it's you're just kind of a crumbled mess because there's no kind of there's no there's no hope. There's no there's no high point for the characters to get to. No, it's um, it it does kind of and I, I love I love a, a downbeat ending. I love kind of a oh this is not the kind of happy ending. Much uh, like you got with Batman versus Superman. Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but this film, because there's no kind of high point, it's just a, a downward spiral. Ironic, there's no high point considering the character that spend all their time high. <laughs> well, that's they actually kind of mention that they kind of constantly try and kind of chase the dragon. They kind of try to get to that to that initial high that they once had, but they can never get to that kind of high. Um, it's a, it's very depressing. It's probably the most kind of it's quite a stark realistic. Uh, representation of addiction yeah um but it is just awful um it's a, i love the film but just it's just an awful experience yeah i've like i said i've only it's seen se- scenes from it and it's just like it was the bit where his arm gets infected from needles like sharing needles oh. and stuff like that and it was just it made my arm hurt looking at it you could feel do you know you can feel something sting yeah and it was like that's how i felt seeing it and that was only from watching a two-minute clip of the film yeah, and, and the director Darren Aronofsky, he's, he's he likes to kind of uh, have kind of long shots and very close uh, uh, a lot of close ups. Um, it's just again with the, the arm being infected, um, and the, the most kind of saddest story is um, one of the characters. I think it's Jared Leto's mum. Uh, I think she starts suffering from kind of dementia, but she's kind of got these drugs that kind of makes her loopy and crazy and uh it's kind of again it's just so depressing and there's there's no happy point um i i don't, I don't know how it got made i don't know how studio what looked at that it's like oh audiences will love that um it's, it, it's a again it's a very unique experience uh, it just it just made you make made you feel dirty and kind of not not very nice at the end to be fair um Again, I would recommend it, but uh, kind of with, with the air of caution that you won't enjoy it, but you'll kind of appreciate up, it. Yeah, appreciate kind of the impact and kind of the the damage addiction can do. Um, before kind of again, the four stories intertwined, but they kind of they went into it uh, kind of four different directions. So, very good film, but not a film that I, I want to watch again. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go on to my, my last one because it, mine does actually end on like a high note sort of, but it's just kind of like at what cost has this high note come at? And uh, mine's by this director. I could have put any of his films in this. So it's Steve McQueen. Okay, uh, yeah. 
did I was thinking, do I put hunger in this? Do I put shame in this? But I ended up with mine is Twelve Years a Slave, <coughs> which okay. won the Oscar for best film in twenty thirteen or fourteen. And yeah. uh, good lord, is all I have to say about that film. It is harrowing from start to the. It's like I said, the end. It's about a man who gets tricked. Uh, is he called Solomon? I want to say. Uh, yeah, he's a famous probably. violinist living in New York, and he gets tricked into. He gets kidnapped by these slave drivers, and just ends up uh, being a slave in the deep south for like twelve years, like it says in the title, and it's just such a depressing film to watch. And then it's yeah. like, uh, it made me my white guilt do somersaults watching it, <laughs> just because of like how awful black people were treated by slave owners in it. Yeah, it's it's what's really weird is it's like you see some characters and it treat the slaves okay, so I think Benedict Cumberbatch is in it and he sort of treats uh, the main character with some respect, and it, it just made me angry. I was like, well, why can't you a not be a slave owner and b treat all the people like that with respect? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, like I said, it's uh, like with your Requiem for a Dream. It's such a well-made film, and that. It, that's what you appreciate about it. It's like how it's, it's well made. It's not a fun film at all. It's so like the violence is so visceral in it. Like there's scenes with like slaves being whipped and you, you can feel it. Yeah. And it's just so awful to watch. And at, at the end of it, it does feel like you're uh, you have watched it for 12 years just because of how brutal it is. And I think the book doesn't have numbers in it on each page either. Just so it, you don't know when it's going to end sort of. And wow. then, uh, it's like I said, the ending is sort of happy, but it's like I said, it it does cut like it shouldn't be a happy ending because of like what this guy's gone through, and it's just so bleak. <laughs> it's like I can never watch it again. I remember almost buying it on Blu-ray, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm never going to watch it." So it's just, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, said, it's, it's it's hard to talk about just because of how brutal <laughs> it is, and I don't. It's like I said, I want people to be able to watch these films without spoiling it. But it's yeah. just like the performances in it are incredible. Like Chiwetel Jaffa, if that's how you, I, I hope I've pronounced his name right. Is incredible. Uh, it was Lupita Nyong'o's first film as well. Oh, was it really? Yeah, and she won an Oscar for it. So that's oh, quite a good guy. Like Brad Pitt's in it, Michael Fassbender's in it, Benedict Cumberbatch, Paul Dano. It's just. Like I said, an all-star cast in this yeah. excellent but brutal film. I, I guess it kind of falls under the, the kind of the same as kind of Schindler's List as kind of horrible tragedy. Which yeah, and is... people should watch these films because it, it shows what like real life events. Yeah, and, and I think it's... it's quite ignorant if you. I don't want to. Well, yeah, it, it is a bit ignorant if you go ignore these films because yeah. it, it tells you a history that you shouldn't be proud of. And a, a, a recent history, not like it's yeah. kind of hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So it's, yeah, it kind of falls on the same banner of kind of, it's a very powerful film that shows kind of the worst of humanity. For that reason, it's, it's not an easy watch, but uh, the way it's kind of shot, it's kind of, you kind of need to watch these films because it's, it's heavily important to kind of show uh, the kind of visceral and violent history of, Especially kind of uh, the, the, the kind of the whole slave trade, 
Um, so yeah, it's it, again, it's it's not a film you 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 would watch uh, a, a second time, but it's important to watch it at first. Yeah, I remember going watching it at the cinema, and it was just I went on my own to see it, and I was like, I wish I'd come with someone because I actually need someone to talk to right now. <laughs> yeah, I completely completely agree. And it was like so, everything that happened during it. There was moments where like the audiences would like gasp out loud in actual horror, and I've it was, I've been in cinemas where it's been like that, but not to that extent. Yeah. So it was like people walking out at the end. It was just silent when the film finished. Because like normally everyone just starts talking after the film's finished, like talk about. It. But this one, it was just like everyone just got up and just left. <laughs> yeah, like I've. I had a similar experience. It's uh, it's one of those films that it just kind of makes you kind of want to walk outside and just just breathe, just take it in. Yeah, to go and sit and look at the sea for a bit. <laughs> Which has, I think, what I did because it was at the Picture House in Southampton, Harbour Lights. Ah. Well, that's a, that's a nice exit. To be fair, you get a nice little view of the the harbour. Well, yeah. But, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's the end of our cheerful podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe next week we'll do some like comedies or something a bit more uh, upbeat. <laughs> I was thinking if we go and watch Star Wars this week, we should yeah. just get drunk and review it, and I'll record it. Uh, oh God! <laughs> and that's next week's episode. But that's a maybe. Oh, that's a maybe. <laughs> but uh, well, anyway, um... uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yes, thank you very much, and uh, I'll see you next week, and hopefully you'll, you'll return. We'll, we'll be a bit more upbeat in our, in our film choices. <laughs> but anyway, all right, that's a take.